This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Yes, it's fall. Yes. 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 It's, uh, my football seasons are already over. The Bengals stink. Virginia yes. stinks. Yes. But you know what we got, kids? We got pro wrestling. Yes. We shake them ropes. Yes. I am Jeff yes. Hawkins. The yesing is Chris Novembrino. Brought to you this week by my bookie. Use code ropes W deposit. And also by Hello Fresh. Code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals with free shipping. More on both of our sponsors later. Top story. Chris, I'm going right into wrestling because... The Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega show or show match was a show 35 minutes of pure bliss. And, uh, let's just, let's just not talk for a second. Don't talk, baby. Gonna ruin the moment. We have a cigarette. Yeah. I I loved this match. I loved even Kenny Omega in this. And I have been critical of Kenny in many, many ways, but he came with serious Kenny. They chopped the hell out of each other, and I enjoyed every minute of the brutality. I posted very early. This is reminding me a lot of Chi-Town Heat 89 with Flair and Steamboat just doing a walk and chop and just beating the hell out of each other. And then they decided to kick into to indie style slash strong style towards the end. I adored this match. I, 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 I understand the conversation about best television match ever, at least best television match for AEW, maybe with the Omega Pack match, a very close second, in my opinion. There are other TV matches from my heyday that I love a little bit more, but that's because they were my heyday. I understand if people who love AEW want to make this their best television match ever. I'm cool with that. Uh let me let me just revel in it and Chris you can talk a little bit about this match if you'd like. Yeah. Uh so obviously I enjoyed the first let's let's fo- you know the first 30 minutes I, I have no controversial takes or interesting things to offer. Um you basically sort of encapsulated it was a very very enjoyable match. Kenny Omega uh, I am also critical of him. This did not redeem his title reign for me. I get I guess I will I will pour a little bit of cold water on this from the start like this title reign is still not like one of the all-time great title reigns. This is a good match in what has otherwise been a not particularly oh, fantastic oh, title Chris, reign. Chris, this one night doesn't have to save the relationship. We can just have fun. No, no, and, and that's it. And that this one night this one night was fun. Uh and I I think that when you get serious Omega um, he can wrestle. That's not the issue. It's that his like sort of instincts when he's not the paired with the cartoony stuff kills me. With yes, him. yes. It, it, it in but... match, in match, even more than out of match. Out of match, it's it's annoying, but in match with the, uh, uh, you know, just the, some of the clownish, over the top reactions at times. It, it's I'm just like we're back to forearm chainsaws. Yes, back at the back at the. Uh, American Legion halls and things. Uh, when when we started going deep, I was like, "Oh God, we're gonna get a forearm chainsaw." And I, I I will give Kenny Omega some credit. He didn't do the forearm chainsaw. 
it, but like, so I really enjoyed the match. Um, I think at least my read of it is that they didn't quite stick the landing on the ending. I feel like I get that it was supposed to be a time limit draw, but it felt like they should have been going home with a greater sense of urgency in the last 120 seconds. I'll buy that. And, yeah, and, and I, I it, it was just weird to have them ending just like clobbering each other, especially when then like Danielson after the match puts him in the LaBelle lock, which I feel like was I feel like that's the standard time limit draw spot. Danielson has them in the submission hold. Kenny Omega is saved by the bell. Them sort of like being evenly matched to just trading blows on their knees. It, it sort of didn't really tell the story. And I and then when they did it after the match, I was like, okay, I think they must have missed a time cue here. Well, I, I will push back a little because I think the time cues were on, the lack of time cues were on purpose not to tip the hand that was going to be a draw. Because that happens. Every, every time you, you have that and they start, it's like all of a sudden they start saying 15 minutes, 15 minutes left. You're like, ah, it's going to be a draw. It's going to be close to it or that kind of thing. So I, I, I think the hand was tipped, though, in the final. I, it, just because no one was particularly close to being vanquished yeah. in the final five minutes. I, it, it, once you got past 25 minutes, you knew that this was going the distance. It wasn't because it would have been ridiculous to have either Omega or Danielson come up short at the 28 minute and 30 second mark. Yeah, but I think AEW's earned this because they did have time limit draws right. early in the, in the company. I mean, the last time. So then signal real... it. So then signal it. I, 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 I can't I can't excuse it, Jeff. I can't. I, and I know I'll get angry comments for it. Um, no, then. No. Yeah. Good. By all means, bring them, people. <laughs> uh, and try to make them coherent. Um, and so. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I mean, look, they have conditioned their audience with time limit draws. Going back to that fantastic star-making performance with Jungle Boy with Chris Jericho. They have been doing these time... Sarcasm duly noted, Mr. November, yeah, 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 Senator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, they've been conditioning their audience for this, so I don't think there's any problem... Especially because this is, I've pulled, a smarter fan base. There is not any problem with starting to go 10 minutes left, 5 minutes left. I mean, you don't have to signal it, you know, at 15 minutes, but you can signal it at 5. The 5 would have been fine. Yeah, yeah you can signal it at 5, you can signal it at 2, and you can signal it in the final 60 so that everyone's at the edge of their seats and that there's a fever pitch and the crowd's really chanting and screaming and they really want Danielson to close the deal. Um, I, I think that if they had done that, this, I mean, basically would have been, you know, like, uh, it would have been a five-star match for me. I know it's a five-star match already for others, but, uh, yeah, I, like, I, I think if they had just stuck the landing on the ending, this would have been like, you know, a, already is a classic, but like, it would have been higher echelon. And WWE really doesn't do time limit draws anymore. They do beat the clock matches where people don't beat the clock, but they don't do the draws anymore. They do some weird screwy finish that we see week after week after week. And it's just, it's, it, you know, distractions it, 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 to the point where all these things don't matter anymore. So, so I, I kind of liked the difference of this and what it does is it also keeps, it keeps the mystery of who's going to get that first win between Brian and Omega that is going to eventually lead to a title match. Probably. I think I don't, I still think the first Brian wins not going to be the title. It might be, but it, it still keeps that interest the next time they announce the next Omega Brian match. And I, I liked that too. I, I just liked it, the choice. So let's get into the news. AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation, headed by Dr. Martha Hart, 
The widow of Owen Hart announced on September 20th that the two sides would work together going forward to honor the name of Owen Hart. AEW announced that the collaboration will include an annual Owen Hart Cup tournament on television where the winner will receive a cup called the Owen. Okay. AEW had attempted to name the cup the King of Hearts, but had been blocked from using that name. You can guess probably a couple of culprits who said who probably blocked it. They will also work together on an Owen Hart merchandise line and that Owen Hart would be a character in the AEW video game release. This will include action figures, clothing apparel, and potential posters. Martha Hart uh, breaking bread with AEW. It's a fascinating thing for the legacy of one Owen Hart, a legacy that, of course, has been full of controversy when it comes to the Hart family and WWE because they've always felt that they didn't honor Owen enough. And they've kind of, you know, and of course there were lawsuits. <laughs> of course, WWE's kind of responsible for his death, Hawkins. Um, <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, on kind of embracing the enemy here by Dr. Martha Hart? No, I, I think, look, uh, everybody, this is a win-win for everyone. I, I think Martha Hart has wanted to do something to honor Owen um, for her family, for her children, that sort of thing. I think that she doesn't care for Vince McMahon in WWE. No. <laughs> and, and so being a little bit of a salt dragon on this is, is, is just fine. Um, and I think for AEW's sake, they continue to do what I think they need to do to get to the next level, which is incorporate themselves into the wider diaspora of wrestling. Look, the Bucks and Omega and the Good Brothers and Cody appeal to who they appeal to. But if you want to have the broader network uh, of wrestling and kind of be like, you know, like the bigger spectrum thing, getting the WWE names, getting some of that WWF older history and stuff, you know, not just WWF, WCW too. Having, having AEW rooted in the broader, deeper wrestling history is awesome. And Owen Hart's someone who's sort of like universally respected um, by fans. And like, you know, I'm looking forward to, unlocking him in the AEW video game and playing against him. So like, yeah, no, yeah I think I'm it's great. I'm looking forward to the video game quite a bit. Uh, fightful, our friends over there, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp. Give me the Irish goodbye. No, he's not. <laughs> fightful has learned of discussions within the company about some plans for NXT 2.0 that are purportedly directly from WWE chairman Vince McMahon. When reaching out to contacts at the USA Network, there were some... There was some with knowledge of such as well, and they were said to be in support. Among the points Fightful heard that were brought up include NXT 2.0 targeting more of a 18 to 34 demographic, including everything from in-ring work eh, and aggression to harsher language and the like. Another point that we haven't verified was more lenience on female character gear, though it wasn't specified what exactly that means. Do I need to draw you a picture of what that means? Come on. Keep up with current affair. Uh, quote, keep up with current affairs with promos and character verbiage was another point said to be brought up. So we're going to get the look, guys, this is I'm sick of Biden's new regulations. <laughs> Here, <laughs> here's our star from Singapore. Ask him if Taiwan's a country. Go ahead. Let's see how that works for him. No, it's going to be the same shoehorn cultural reference in WWE promo that comes. This is attitude era stuff, kids. Big muscle bound guys who have two left feet and scantily clothed women 
doing crass sexual innuendo. NXT is getting closer and closer to a drop for me, even though I love me some 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 Junior Steiner, and I'm hopeful for Junior Wayne the Train Bloom, and I like the veterans mostly there, but this 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 NXT it's getting to be hard to watch a little bit here and there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really telling that their idea of "quote unquote" relating to the kids is going to TNA, um, not the wrestling promotion. They haven't but like, said that. They haven't done that yet. Quite frankly, I, I, no. You know, but, but but like, you know what I, they did? You know what, what they did? That that Joe Gacy character, the 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 uh, parody of the woke person. <sighs> And instead, because remember, I, I, this is through the looking glass, CJ Parker, but that the heat on that used to be, you know, don't you guys hate hippies and people who are green and aren't they so preachy and pretentious? And this time it's not the heat's not on that guy. The heat's on the guy that they think that that appeals to. They're making a bit of a commentary about the audience and dare I say a good portion of say, the type of people who watch AEW. Am I wrong on that? Am I no, I think I think no, I think you're right. And I, I, I'm glad that you brought up the Joe Gacy character specifically him and uh, Andre Chase is the other one that's like a, <laughs> a, like an absolutely grating thin character. But Joe Gacy, this like woke Joe Gacy thing. Um, he's a heel. And, and if you want to quote unquote appeal to 18 to 34 year old people or whatever, I don't think that having like, you know, safe spaces and, and making fun of all that other stuff is really going to um, have much traction with the younger set. It's I think, getting heat. It's heat on them. They'll hate it. It'll be yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah but I also don't think. Pe- yeah. And I also don't think Joe Gacy's a compelling enough in the ring guy. He's to not make- compelling enough as the character. He's, no. He's not, I mean, no, he's, he's doing not. okay with the promo, but it's still. It's not- I will. Uh, I will kind of defend uh, Chase University. Because I kind of like this hokey crap. Look, Harlem Bravado, I believe that's that's the guy playing him, was never going to have a long shelf life to me in WWE. So if he can get some mileage out of this stale ass. It's a a Drew Gulak cover band, though. I've seen this. Gulak did it better. It's Dean Douglas. It's yes. Oh, but but come on. We failed to mention this last week, but uh, the strength. It was anachronistic in 1979 for this Tony D'Angelo character to have parents working and waste management and uncles at the Yeah, docks. my uncle, Vinny Boombots. Yeah. He owned, he owned a shipping line out there. My family expanded to many different businesses. It's olive oil. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, dude. All right. Uh, if yeah. his finisher isn't the gabagool, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we even I, <laughs> Joe Lanza thinks this is too much of a stereotype. That's <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's it's laying it on so thick, and and this is another one where it's like, does this really appeal to eighteen to thirty four year olds, or is this character really something that, if it's got any appeal whatsoever, it's to someone? closer to our age or this, even a little older who remembers these types of characters like the character big bully was bad this character was bad when Cornette tried to revive it in the mid 90s in smoky mountain with mark kyle playing killer kyle and he brought it he had a violin case that was supposed to have his tommy gun in there it, 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 this it, guy it, this new guy needs harvey whippleman what's whippleman up to <laughs> 
he's running for some go- he ran for some government office where he lives i think which is amazing given his uh his actual mob ties. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, oh man, I, you know, I there are guys that I like on NXT, and I even like some, like I like uh, Electra Lopez, even though she's doing the Carmen San Diego cosplay. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, the thing is with with her, I felt like she had it more together that one time she did the enhancement match against uh, Frankie Monet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like, I felt like she was actually a better, more complete character there than yeah. here as this. I mean, like, look, there's some things I do like. I like, I like the squash matches. I like the squash match format. We were talking about needing those and NXT needing those. They yeah. have them now. Um, I think that that, that's fine. Um, God, Joe Gacy, Joe Gacy getting defeated by Cameron Grimes. That that whole interaction was so bizarre. I'm just like looking at this right now. We like um, to drink and get in a bar fight, even though we lost last week. <laughs> oh, those two guys. Oh man, those two guys. I, I like. It's the it's WWE loves this story. Two guys you don't quite get along who one day go out fighting, preferably with Sheamus. And then drinking they make and then they fight. Yeah. 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 Or go out fighting and then drink. Or go out drinking <laughs> and then fight. Whatever it is. Uh like so. I mean, Roddy Wayne, the title was fine. Uh I, I Braun Breaker continues to impress. Yeah. Uh he's the Tox- class of this. He's the class of this class right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um Toxic Attraction, I think, is uh it's a mess. Like it's- it's it's oh this this storyline stinks from the class of 2004 2005 too with mandy rose this was the mandy rose we always thought we were gonna get that's yes. the weird thing yes only like now she's paired with uh oh oh the redhead uh um what's her name hell's favorite harlot that's what i remember her as gg dole uh, it, 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 it's like gg allen that's how i remember it yeah uh yeah, yeah uh gg dole like she's kind of more of a star than mandy is especially now that mandy's got the dark hair like yeah. Darby, but then like i call her then, i call him darby allen's ex so yeah <laughs> yeah and then gg got on the mic and she's kind of got the, the promo's not there um with yeah. her or JC Jane, who at least has now started to learn how to walk a little bit because that, that walk before the sexy walk wasn't working for her. She just looked awkward doing it. It was just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm done talking about NXT 2.0 to be honest. Uh, yeah. And then breaker and Champa, I think will eventually have a good match. I thought it was weird to have Ridge Holland get pinned. Yeah. But that was, Pete, that was Pete Dunn just signed the contract. So by the way, yeah, three years for Pete Dunn. I uh, I hate now because they've done it with Electra, and now they've done it with uh, the woman in the in the Diamond Mind and Kashida of all people, the woman knocking out the dude. I'm and we sorry. saw that tonight on Rampage too, yeah. when Paige Van Zandt was doing the breadbasket yeah. routine on Jericho. It's like this this sucks. Don't do this, guys. I don't like it. I, I look, I, I get people like intergender and stuff like that, but it takes. Unless you're built like baby doll and you're beating up a manager, it kind of takes the uh, 
it, it's just it it kills the people. It, there's you no need visual impact. Like if you're gonna put over the idea this woman can pack such a wall up that it that it works, I almost needed like when like an Electra Lopez or like Paige Van Zandt punches someone in the face that that come that person comes up with like I don't know some sort of effect that makes it look like they've got some swelling or something. Where it looks like, oh, holy hell, she can really hit it. She can really hit. I just don't. I, I think after you get beat up by a woman, you're dead, though. I mean, who has been made better by that? You know, Jeff Jarrett wasn't when China beat her. Disco Inferno Chris wasn't. Jericho uh, had the match with China, and that made his career. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I can't hold that. Well, let's talk a little bit about fallen legends shall we rick flair removed from the opening of raw had yet another bad week thank you dark side of the ring due to uh this time the them airing the howard stern radio show vignette with canyon on it and rick flair calling in defending i believe canyon's firing flair taking on the chin on social media all week yeah, and right now, if you're watching on, on the YouTube channel, uh, Chris, Chris's reaction to just the... I mean, look, he tried to over-explain his actions on the plane ride from hell. He's tried to over-explain his actions with Canyon. And then just at a hall... The, the, the tweet is this from at Ric Flair Natter Boy. It's supposed to be Nature Boy, but you get it. It's him kind of doing the sobbing during a Hall of Fame speech thing with him kind of looking up to the heavens, crying, saying... Live your truth. Now, look, the first rule of getting out of a hole is to stop digging. Ric Flair had it right when he goes, I know some people don't want me to comment on this publicly. Yes, and they're the smart ones. Shut up. Unless you know what you're going to say, unless you've actually looked at the words and opposed to what is your point here? Is your point here to save face or to be contrite and to apologize for things that you've done drunkenly? Now, the over-explanation wasn't needed. Just say, I'm a different person than I was 20 years ago, even though it probably isn't all that much. Here's the other thing. He is, not only is he blowing his legacy, because it's already been clowned with with just the old guy in the robe look. It, it's such a it's such a damn Comic Con. It was old... already kind of over with the Car Shield commercials. Like that, he that's had... what I'm talking about. Yeah, with, yeah, with him in the yeah. robe, as opposed to being in a suit, being classy and stuff. But everybody and their grandmother knows Tony Khan is dying to sign this guy. This is going to be the payday that he's selling out for these car shield commercials for. And he's shut up and, and let it die down and then sign and take your money and be the beloved legend that most fans want you to be. You dope. It's just uh, real question. Can he still be that after this little run here? I don't know, man. Like like a month ago, yeah. I would have been like, he goes into AEW, hero's reaction, everything like that. Now, man, I think they go polite applause the first time, but he's on like trepidatious thin ice. I think if Khan signs him, it's out of courtesy. Um, and out of like respect for the business or whatever. But like Flair has damaged. No, I don't want to cheer for the guy. 
I, I you know, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna boo him, but I have no interest in cheering for the guy. And, and to your point, um, I, the, the way he has chosen to comment on this has only been making things worse and worse and worse. Um, I, I think, look, uh, this, we're in. I hate calling it an era or whatever. We have society's changed now. And when you do behaviors like this now, there's a certain level of public performed contrition, something. You have to do something. Um, and, and, you know, like uh, the, the Chris Cuomo's going through this right now, too. Different different circumstance. But, like, there, there's a process now of how one sort of comes to terms and, like, owns this situation. And I, I think that there's not a great template for people who ha- who want to come out and explain themselves and their actions um and, and that i'm at least somewhat sympathetic to now i mean in the case of flair specifically here you've had a couple of decades now to think about what you did and your behaviors um i i think in this particular case it's it's so obvious that like the fact that she was uncomfortable and, and like clearly is still rattled by this and still traumatized to this but to this day two decades later should be more than enough for you to be just taking serious pause stepping back and going why is it that i, I i'm doing what i do i'm gonna put rick flair up here real quickly because i was uh, starting to glitch out a little bit um and i don't i mean flair didn't do a good accounting of that uh, obviously you have the absolutely baffling comment about caitlin jenner um which yeah. didn't i mean like this is the thing is it's like he he just he doesn't stop he, he clearly hasn't really actually assessed his own actions um you know even putting out there the lawyers and all the people around me don't want to say don't want me to say anything on this but i'm going to say something okay that's a fine setup but then he also then pivoted into like venting about that producer who made a documentary about yeah, him like 30 for 30 or whatever right, right i mean there's just like so many other things yeah. that he, he did wrong along the way here prior to ever even speaking about the things specifically involving the helicopter uh like so like i i i don't i don't if going back to tony khan you like look at this last 10 days here and you go okay I get that Arn and Tully would love to be working with their pal Rick again. I get that. Do does my fan base who watches Dark Side of the Ring on a regular basis have any interest in seeing this? And I tend to think the answer is no. Uh, so, like it, I mean. Well, okay. Let me yeah. let me step in here a little bit. Uh, it, it wasn't the Arn and Tully thing; it was the Andrade thing, really. Because he was going to be paired with him. I believe. Well, no, I'm saying Arn and Tully would like to work with their pal, Rick. Like, yeah. like yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, look, Andre needs the help that he can if, get at this point. If Flair had come out and instead of going on the offense, just said, my history of problems with alcohol are well documented. I apologize to those I damaged in the process of my behavior, not my disease. Don't call it a disease. Don't, don't say that. Don't make yourself a victim here. Just say in the course of my drinking, I apologize. Laid low a couple weeks. Gets signed by AEW on the sly. Doesn't get leaked anywhere. Although Meltzer would know because Flair would tell him comes out. Isn't doing the braying jackass woo and doing the struts and stuff like that comes out 
Armani, black suit, sunglasses, slick back hair, understated, walking behind Andrade. I think if that all those things had come together like that, and if Tony Khan had been able to say things like, no, I don't want you to be the guy, the old guy who takes off his clothes and talks about drinking all night and all that other stuff. If he had been able to do that, I think he could have rectified the situation. I think now he's old yeller. We got to put him down. There's no saving him. None. No, I don't, I don't none. even think Vince McMahon putting him on WWE television again would save him. No, no, especially not the way Vince has used him. Um, I, 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 Flair's done. Like, he, yeah, he, yeah he, 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 like, it's, it's sad. And what makes it sad, I mean, it's sad because, like, he really, you know, he's a legend in the business. And it's also sad because this was largely avoidable. Like, yeah. if he had just chosen to not, he could have even commented on this, but if he had chosen to not, like, put out these meandering, rambling, angry like yelling at like the espn producer talking about how like i'm gonna be like caitlin jenner or how like i you know what's next caitlin jenner was born in 1949 and so was rick Flair. like he's being glib about it yes yeah the only thing it, missing it, was the notes app to be honest with you i mean that's all he needed to do was write all that in the notes app and post it on his twitter i yeah i'm i'm with you there let's end the news segment on this little piece which i kind of like and i kind of fear we're going for this again american gladiators set to return mgm teaming with the wwe for a reboot of the classic competition series famously seth rogan tried to bring this back a few years ago to nothing i you know if they use wwe people i'm kind of here for like carmella being the lace and maybe even bianca belair going out there and both of those two playing Powerball against some some geeks. I mean, I'm here for that. I'm kind Bianca of dominating people would actually yes. be pretty awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm pretty into Braun Breaker. Another guy who I think would actually be really fun on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh, and and even like either of the uh, Creed brothers in. Uh, Oh, 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 no, get, the, give the, me the, Julius, give me event. Julius, give me Julius talking shit. I love this. I love this. And just like sucking out these normies. Oh, he gets the pugil sticks. He gets yes. the pugil sticks. Oh, and he just a you hit me in the there. face. I oh, love this. Hit yes. me in the face again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm there for that. Yeah. I am a Julius Creed fan. I, I, I like it more than his brother's obviously the one that they want, but I love, I love the, the crap talker. He's so great. Uh, but uh, let's, let's give a shout out to our first spot today. My bookie with over $500,000 in contest prize money up for grabs. The NFL is back in action, except for the Cincinnati Bengals. And so is winning season at my bookie. Head to mybookie.ag to choose from a variety of boosts and free bets and get in on the fan favorite $100,000 super contest, which only costs 10 bucks to enter. Let's face it, kids. Football, playoff baseball, all these other sports, a little bit more exciting with a little bit of juice on it. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. In order to get you started, make your first deposit at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, to instantly receive double your deposit. That's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code ROPES. 
bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. If you would bet on Ted Lasso, you'd bet a big winner this week because you can also bet on things that are non-sports over there. Once again, use promo code ROPES. That's mybookie.ag. We thank them for their support. Numbers this week. NXT 2.0 increased 746,000 viewers with a 2.0 in the demo. AEW Dynamite, 1.273 million viewers and 0.48 in the demo. Third best marks in the history of the show, but still a little bit behind Raw. Raw doing 1,793,000 viewers, 1.40 viewers per home, 0.49, that's 642,000 in the coveted demo. And SmackDown last week, Friday, was watched by 2.243 million viewers on average. 756,000 viewers were aged 18 to 49. It's a 0.58 in the demo. AEW Rampage, 642,000. Rumors from Sean Ross Sapp late tonight before we went on air that WWE and Fox are trying to mend some fences and that SmackDown will be at the Staples Center, where it's usually raw territory in December to help make up for that, in addition to other things that they are looking to throw bones towards Fox as well. Well, I think WWE is wise to do so because Fox right now is giving the overall look of the WWE portfolio, uh, a much better shine. Uh, the, the raw attrition under 2 million is serious. Yes. 1.7 1. for raw is bad. Uh, and AEW conversely at 1.2 million, uh, that's pretty good. Like, you know, the, it, it shows that the CM Punk, Brian Danielson, you know, adding some of these WWE known quantities or whatever is drawing eyeballs to the AEW product. Man, I'm still I'm still skipping a little yeah, bit here. You can keep it off. It is putting eyeballs. Yeah, I'll just keep it off here. It's put it's putting eyeballs on the WWE or I'm sorry, on the AEW product in a sustaining way. So it's not just about Oh, CM Punk speaking that one time. Let's go and check that out. If you remember the quarter hour numbers for that, it was like 1.34 or something like that. So really the difference between the overall rating this week and the first time Punk showed up is about 100,000 people, which is fantastic for AEW's numbers. Uh, If you're AEW, you've got to be absolutely pleased with these numbers. And, you know, if you're WWE... You've got to be almost thinking, like, is Raw our A-show? Or do we actually need to start thinking about SmackDown as the A-show and starting to book SmackDown as the, the main draw with Raw as the lead-in? Oh, they have needed to do that for years, and they always go against it because Vince loves his rep, his relationship with USA, USA Network. Yep. Yeah, and... Look, that's going to really hurt him, though. I, I, I think, I re- yeah, I think, I think, especially right now, uh, continuing to put Raw as the racehorse out against Dynamite, there's going to be a convergence week. I, I don't know if it's at 1.5 million where WWE continues their attritional struggle here throughout the football season and AEW picks up momentum, or if it's at 1.4 million because WWE has a really bad week. Um, but Vince needs to stop making this a competition between Raw and Dynamite because he's going to lose that competition in relatively short order, whereas it's going to be a minute before any of the AEW products pass SmackDown. Here's the interesting thing for me. 
especially. Look, you can say he was he was really trying to hot shot against Monday Night Football, but nobody watches the Detroit Lions. They stink too. He brought over Roman to poach viewers from the SmackDown in hopes of building up the raw numbers this week. He put Roman Reigns, the SmackDown champion, on twice on this show at the beginning and at the end. This is a great point, though. This is this week was a really interesting test of that whole theory of the case, and it doesn't appear to work because Correct. it seems it seems like a lot of the Fox number is not actual real wrestling fans. It's people who are watching Fox on Friday nights. Yes, I, I would agree there as well. And I and if you don't think that they also did this to try and spike that number, knowing that AEW was going to have a hot show to show on Wednesday. <laughs> I got. That's, that's, I mean, this, is there a turnip truck around here? You just fell off of. That's my question. Because there, there's more danger. Will Robinson signs here then? Because yeah, to your point, Raw. God, if they if they weren't trying, I'm lying. Because uh, like they they went they went all out on that show. Uh, bringing in Roman Reigns, getting Bobby Lashley into the mix against Big E. Uh, I mean, you know, doing the New Day, reuniting the New Day. I mean, the, the goal here so clearly was yeah. to goose this raw number and to not get it over 2 million. You have to almost consider that to be a monumental failure. Hey, you did but the new we, we still beat Dynamite. It's like, it's, that's just yeah, low hanging fruit. It's like when Dynamite brings in Danielson and CM Punk, they pop a huge number. You reunited the New Day and it didn't do shit. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, time now before we get into our extreme rules preview for the now world famous. World famous. I mean, it's we've been doing it for a couple of weeks, and we're still trying to get it down. But I think I have, I think I have the format down now. The lazy river of wrestling criticism, ladies and gentlemen. There's far too much stateside wrestling to watch every week. So whatever Chris and I can get to, we're going to get to. But we're not going to do television reviews anymore. Just things that came up that we were of interest. Things you want to talk about it can be across any show, any federation, even any country. If you want, Chris, th- there are no boundaries to this. Until we just get tired of it or we've gone on too long and we have to end the show slash do a pay-per-view uh, preview. So I'm going to let you start this week, sir. What uh, what drew your interest other than things we've already spoken about? Um, Do we want to start by talking about the New Day reunion? Do we want to like get into that in uh, earnest? This is, this is your honor, your honor. Please go ahead. Okay. So like I get reuniting the New Day here, but... Every what we're seeing on WWE right now is that the thing about wrestling that makes wrestling great is the chase. It's not about catching these things. What would make the New Day reunion fun is dragging it out, making it complicated. It's why RK Bro, I mean, not that this is like an all time great tag team, but part of what made RK Bro work, especially for that fan base, is that Orton and Riddle didn't get on the same page in the first week. It, it wouldn't it would not have the resonance with people. Um, and, and I bring them up, I guess, specifically because this is a, a, a demographic sample from the year 2021 state of the wrestling business today. This is not like some appeal to history lessons from yesteryear or something like this. With RK Bro, you are very, very clearly seeing like, yes, when you slowly develop out the story, people get into these two characters being together. 
um, reuniting the New Day was fine, but like they literally did it at the top of the show. There wasn't even there wasn't even a moment where Big E called out Woods in in Kingston and made us like get excited that they might come through the curtain. The show comes up from black with Big E Langston just announcing off camera behind the curtain. The New Day's back together. It's like the Star Wars crawler, but without any of the intrigue or impact of the Star Wars crawler. I'm going to push back a little bit. Yeah, this has been a nice story for Riddle and Orton. But there's been, they haven't changed the story. It's the same thing every week. There's no character development here. And the reason I bring that up is because it's the same problem with the New Day. Never said it was good. Never said it was good. No, you don't have to. I said said that it's connecting with people. Um, And and, and that's the same way I look at AEW on some level. Like, there are things that happen on AEW that I don't care for, but I also can register that the audience likes that stuff. And so that's, like, that's different. So RK-Bro, no, like, dude, this is, like, extremely mediocre riddles. Like, this very generic caricature of a stoner, and uh, Orton is fine. And he's fun. I, actually, I think Orton's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, he, he, no, he, he's, yeah. he's putting certain layers in his performance that are that, you know, that it's just kind of like, I'm just going to screw around and see what I can get away with. Uh, the problem is, of course, with WWE, it's it's look. I say I didn't bring this up, but I probably should have. Look, you, you teach wrestling is, is a lot about conditioning and conditioning how you want people to respond to things like that. And that's one of the reasons Vince never changes characters ever because he's conditioned people to react how he wants them to react. But the new day has only ever shown character development when they're feuding with the Usos, when they're little layers of, of, of co- competitive spirit and things. Well, when the they promos. can actually do a promo back and forth yeah. with somebody, the Usos are the only people. So like, I, I I'm not going to say I'm not excited for the feud because yes, like Kingston and woods are never more interesting than when they're paired with the Usos and arguably the Usos are never more interesting than when they're paired with Kingston and woods. So like, that'll be good. Um, but I, I don't think this does anything for biggie as a champ. And it's, it's, it's fine. say Brock listener in the picture. Yes. This is how I got here. You know, when, 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 he, when he was saying those types of things, when he was getting ready for that singles push, I'm like, dude, if they belt him, he's going to flop. And I still think he's going to flop a little bit. I don't want him to flop. Don't get me wrong. I don't want him to flop. No, but bringing back the new be- day, new day really speaks to a creative department. That's sort of out of ideas already for biggie. Like they had no real plan and by that. We mean Vince. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not it, the writers, because the writers are pitching ideas. I, I know they are, but it's one of those yeah. things where. But we're already out. Of, we're already out of ideas for Big E, or at least usable ideas. So we're gonna go back to what we know, which is this guy was in a faction called the New Day, and the New Day was over. But they abandoned the new theme that they rolled out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he'll probably still use it from time to time. But they never got that theme song over. Not like it, it, it's. I don't. I can't even remember. I still remember. Three ain't enough, man. I need five. His older theme yes. song, and that's more memorable to me than this new one that he's got, I, I um, which agree. I think is made by somebody who's like famous or something. Um, like is that Wale? As Wale does? Is that I believe does? so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. But I still remember three ain't enough, man. I need five. Um, and I actually think that that would be better because it like gets over his catchphrase too, and like or get got over a, a catchphrase. Um, but no, I I I like Biggie. I think that. Having him feud with Roman Reigns, 
on paper seems like a good idea, but then you remember like on SmackDown that you have this Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar storyline thing still going on here too. And I, and I just, I don't, I don't see where the clean off ramps are for right. any of this stuff. Um, you know, and so that, that's my problem. Uh, boy, let, real quick here, lazy rivering. <laughs> Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo are extremely fun. They will do nothing yeah. with these two guys. No. But God damn if they're not a fun tag team. Yeah, speaking of which, by the way, as an aside, Grand Metal League has asked for his release. We'll see if he gets it. Uh, yeah. My turn on the Lazy River. Cody Rhodes knows exactly what he's doing. He is savvy. Don't, don't ever doubt his instincts because there are so many people who were like, this week going uh, what's he doing he's playing a heel in this thing he knew he knew he had to probably i'm guessing he probably knew he'd have to call it on the fly and would be a game time decision but he was planning to be the heel in new york and he and brandy who <laughs> look they get heat two ways they get heat by being on camera at times but they get heat on twitter because they just say things occasionally that they probably shouldn't say or keep to themselves, even if they are earnest opinions. But I, I enjoyed this segment with Alistair black. I could do with less brandy on TV. I get it, but they're plugging a TV show, but never tell me that he doesn't know what he's doing because I think he knew exactly what he was going to do when he came out there and played heel. Let's feel a little sorry for Arn Anderson and probably his new shoes or whatever, screwing up that spot on the apron by slipping but uh you know i i think cody takes a lot of crap from a couple of demos one the the ultra on twitter i don't want to say virtue signaling but but the, the kinds of people who get mad at a jingoistic type promo not only because it's hack but because it's jingoistic let's put it that way uh but he also still is now he is now fully entrenched back on the side of he's a WWE style guy. He's not one of ours. He didn't come up through the Indies. He's not our guy type of thing that he still gets blowback for. I'm so old. I remember I lo would love to see Cody Rhodes on the Indies being a really popular online yes. take. Yes. I mean, let's, let's finally give him his due. I think a little bit, he has taken himself out of the title picture. I know. Oh, well, big deal. He's not that good. Anyways, look, he's a vice president. There are other people who I wish would take themselves out there of the title are, picture. Yeah. Who don't. There are people like that. Yes. He has sacrificed himself. He has done old school mid-South style booking like his dad and hit all his programs. Even the ones that went on far too long. QT Marshall. I, you know, I, He's not my favorite wrestler. He's not my favorite booker. He's not my favorite personality in the world. And I'm still mad at him for the neck tat. Don't get me wrong. But I think, I think he takes way too much crap versus the ratio to praise. That's my point here. Man, remember the in defense of the neck tat uh, takes back in the day too. Who did that? Nobody. Oh nobody no! Oh no! 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 There, there are a lot of in defense of the neck tat people. That is uh, midlife crisis. No, uh, yeah, no, that, uh, a mistake, a mistake. Uh, so I'm with you. I think that Cody knows exactly what he's doing. That being said, if Cody 
and I think he's smart enough to realize that Malachi Black is effect- effectively a babyface. Um, other people in the company need to get on board with this, and we just need to turn the guy. And that gets to my criticism of this match, which is, yes, Cody knew that he was probably going to be received as the heel, which makes this entire program building up to this asinine. It would, <laughs> it, you would have been way better off making this like Dustin Rhodes versus Malachi Black yeah, and but, having like Cody get beaten by Malachi yeah, last but Dustin, week. Dustin can't appear either because of the plane line ride from hell. Uh, no, I, I well, okay, that's a problem too now. But but like, I, I but it, at least okay, two weeks ago he was still over with people. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, like and respected and beloved and everything like that. And you would have had the babyface heel dynamic. Um, Malachi Black is not the most like flagrant offender of people who this company needs to turn because it's a meat grinder to programs. Um, but I do look at what happened here with Cody. Yeah, Cody knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, Cody did the right thing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Cody's a heel and Black's a face, you need to stop booking against that because you just did this entire program that's kind of incoherent. Um, like it, uh, what, what, how's it supposed to end? Does Cody turn heel and then reunite the nightmare family with QT Marshall and the now heel gun club? Like half the factions already turned heel. Does Cody just turn everyone else heel? And now the nightmare <laughs> factory are all heels. Like this, these are the sorts of corners that not turning black has, and I guess not turning roads ha- has sort of put them into. So like, no, dub or AEW, and this is going to be true when we talk about Britt Baker, too, whenever you want to talk about her. AEW needs to stop booking against the grain here or in presenting people against the grain here. Um, regionalism, if you will. Uh, they need to stop it with that. You say that was such snark as if when I brought it up. Not, it's wrong. not just you. I okay. have read other people talk about okay. that regional stuff. Right. It, it's a take. It's okay. a take. It's not just it, it's the reason why Kenny talks about it too. Well, no, like, yeah, like I, no, I it, I've seen other. It's not you. Well, it's your turn on the lazy river if you want to talk Britt Baker because I don't. Let's talk Britt Baker. Okay. Let's talk Britt Baker. So Ruby Soho, I think she's found a real home for herself here in AEW. Um, I I think that people like Ruby. She seems really really happy to be there. Uh, and that's awesome. Um, that being said, in the match here with Britt Baker. I don't think it served as a great vehicle to really, really get Ruby as over as she could have been because too many people want to chant for Britt Baker too often. Even when Britt Baker flagrantly cheats, the argument for pairing her with Jamie Hayter was sort of twofold. One, well, eventually she'll have a feud with Hayter. And two, in the interim, it will ensure that the crowd receives Britt Baker as the dirty cheating heel who needs her henchwomen to help her out. And you have Reba, the uh, the kind of incompetent, hapless one, and then you have the muscly Jamie Hayter, and that will ensure that the audience registers in a clean way. Britt Baker DMD is like evil Dr. Britt Baker, and all these people going up against her, um, they are the baby face. And, and I submit to you that if Ruby Soho, the tatted up, 
punk rockin' badass babyface can't go over there and do anything better than 50-50 booking with Britt Baker uh, or 50-50 reception with the crowd where we have dueling chants for both of them. That's not what's supposed to be happening there. I, I, some people go, that's fun. Okay, yeah, that's fun. Vince likes that too. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Like, I, 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 but we had that argument with like a decade ago with him too. Um, it's not cool. What's cool is getting over Rupee Soho in a really strong way. What's cool is Britt Baker getting really really hard because then that makes us want to want to cheer ruby soho even more and then when you turn Britt baker we were booing her so hard for such a long time now we're thrilled to be you know on her side will thunder rosa be able to write this ship no no she okay. won't no it's gonna be 50 50 ville again we're going to cenaville so like if you like brit cena great um but i think that that you know most people, especially people who would defend the booking of Britt Baker, would very critically look at the presentation of John Cena from, I don't know, let's say 2008 to 2016 um, and go, wow, that eight-year run actually was really problematic because let's go Cena, Cena sucks, made all the matches about Cena and never about the person that Cena was going up against and therefore served as a really poor vehicle to build up the person John Cena was going against, but maybe a great vehicle for John Cena. Cena. So if this is all just about Britt Baker and, and you don't care about the outcomes for Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho and, and Red Velvet to a lesser extent, by all means, this is your jam. You, Britt Cena rules. But if you're someone who wants to see Britt Baker as a strong heel or eventually received as a strong baby face or thinks maybe she should have already been turned, um, this is not your jam. Um, but the matches are good. Okay, my turn. I'm actually going to go into the NXT UK neighborhood. Here was my statement, but I think it's it's a much larger. You problem. love Isla Dawn now. She finally won you over with this match against Ginny. God, <laughs> those words will never come out of my mouth. Uh, Nathan Frazier's NXT UK Jake Atlas 2.0. I, I I can't explain it. I, I don't understand. Look, I like some of the things that they do in there. I liked the building up of Gallus and Rampage Brown and those little feuds in there. I don't even mind Wolfgang getting this minor push in the cup thing. But, you know, Nathan Frazier's taking way too many losses to figure out a way to build him up, so they're probably going to end up turning him heel stupidly, which you should never do for that kind of player, especially if you have Jordan Devlin in there, and they're pretty much the exact same kind of aerial smaller guy that can't both be heels in the same federation. I don't understand why you built up Tailman for all these many weeks just to beat him in the Heritage Cup number one contender thing. You have plenty of guys you can beat in the Heritage Cup. Why did you need him in there? I was so baffled when Wolfgang won that match. Uh, I mean... I guess you could say Wolfgang needed a win, but yeah, it, it's beating Teoman. So bizarre. So bizarre. <laughs> How bizarre. Um, oh, come on. A little 96 indie rock for you. Um, Blair Davenport continues to suck. Jesus. Uh, I, don't, I never liked B Priestley. I never liked her. And it's just, and everybody was jumping down my throat. Oh no, she's good. Give her a chance. She's she can cuss people at AEW. I just it's 
I, yeah, I, I mean, but it, you got to build somebody to be a star. But I mean, if they're going to give her a winning streak, somebody has to go up against Mako Satamura sometime. Uh, are we turning Carter and uh, uh, the Whoop other guy, Kofi? Whoop guy? Uh, Whoop, Oliver, no, uh... Yeah, Whoop guy. Whoop guy and Carter against Mustache Mountain here, or are they just going to straight up lose next week? I think you're going to get This is the hit. real, the burning question. The burning question. Do they finally get personality <laughs> after years of just Are sucking? we turning Whoop guy? Whoop guy and bootleg Kofi. Is it time to turn them into the UK New Day? Uh, which is how, how they got big there was turning a bunch of guys middling their heel. I think you're going to get hints of it. Yeah, you, you've, we've even been through a hinted breakup angle between these two. I still get them confused with uh, Kenny Williams and the other guy. Oh, uh, the, the guy who secretly hasn't hasn't shown up. Fine. I mean, they're at least keeping that stiff. The Indian yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. yeah. The, the the cryogenically Amir, Amir Jordan. Amir yeah, the Jordan. cryogenically frozen long term storytelling that was the Williams and Jordan angle. Yeah, frozen I mean, in amber for a well, year and a half. This is now that. This is now the three year journey of this mishmash tag team who stinks and can't get a win, and they occasionally have good <laughs> matches as solo guys. And they put them right back as singles guys with each other. And then they give them tension and threaten to break them up. And now they're happy again. And we're going to put them in our tag team match to lose. How'd they become number one contenders when I've never seen them win a match and, or in that kind of thing. It's like they're next to a uh, Gallus should has a more credible <laughs> to the throne. Don't they? I mean, uh, symbiosis at least occasionally wins. I, I don't think I've ever seen Oliver Miller. And the other guy whose name we can't remember. It's not even Oliver Miller. Oliver Miller is the former center of the Phoenix Suns. It's Oliver, Oliver Carter. Carter. Thank you. <laughs> Just mid 90s sports knowledge bubbling up. At, at some, but yeah, I, I want to like them because they seem like nice guys, but they need a crowd, man. Those guys need a crowd more. Hell, bring the, bring the grizzled young vets back here since you ain't doing nothing with them stateside. They were at least interesting in NXT UK. They're dead in the water over in NXT States. And I don't understand that either. Yeah, it, it really, it's unfortunate because I actually think GYV, especially with that new smaller form or whatever, Zach Gibson could go out there and do crowd work and really goose up that crowd and get them really mad at GYV. And I think that that would actually be really fun. Uh, that they, they're just not using them like that, uh, and, and and it probably isn't going to happen because you have Diamond Mind who they're pushing. So uh, yeah, it, yeah it, it, it's just please bring back grizzled young veterans to NXT UK. I actually I want to see Zach Gibson go up against Ilya Dragunov for the title. That'd be I great. I mind that. That'd be that'd be fun. great. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it'd be fun bringing them back home. Even though, look, they're not going to fit in NXT UK. I mean, not NXT 2.0. So you either have no. to move them up. Same with move Imperium. them on. Same yeah. with Imperium, even though they did get one squash match in there. I don't think they fit in NXT 2.0. I really don't. That you either have to bring them up, or they got a place to go in 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 the UK, and then you and vault. I want to see the Creed Brothers versus Imperium. Oh, I uh, kind of want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm into the Creed Brothers versus Imperium. Let's close the lazy river there. 
And while we're closing it up, we can wait, wait, wait. Uh, SmackDown, oh. just just right quick. Right, um, right. what what do we think about Tez having the solo match against Roman Reigns? Do we see things that we liked in him as a single star tonight? I thought he wrestled a lot like he does as a tag person, to be honest with you. It's one of those matches, and I like those kinds of matches to build things. If we didn't see him every week, it'd be great to see Roman and Tez. I, I would have liked to see, I think, a little bit more of an extra gear in Tez on this one because I love him, man. And he had when he came out, both, I mean, when he came out of the scene, McCarran and I were on the air at the time, and we said, this guy has world champ all over him. And I didn't see that necessarily. I thought he was very, very good here, but it was a lot of the same things we see him as a tag team wrestler. We didn't, it wasn't really solo star Tez. It was, this is, this is dusty Rhodes versus Stan lane type of a thing, you know, where, yeah. where Stan lane's very good. And it, but you know, but Stan lane was also doing more singles offense at times or, or whatever, when, when they would do these types of things in the territories, but they were destined to lose. Uh, I'll, I'll do one more. Yeah, thing. and like Eaton was actually pretty good at singles matches too. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's actually you know he's underrated he, in singles matches is what he was. Yeah, you know, that's also well, he, he's not just really good; he's also really underrated. Um, like I think that's actually kind of an interesting inflection point in assessing some of these tag teams too. Is it's like you know whether we're talking about like the proud, the powerful, the street profits, whoever it is. Do these guys, when tasked with having a singles match, have a interesting singles match style story style to tell or do they need to sort of necessarily go back to you know basically what their tag offense is without the other guy i will close on this point about smackdown though becky lynch has a Britt baker problem absolutely you know what thank you thank you i because i totally forgot to bring that up but i basically like i Look at the Becky Lynch situation as 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 the opposite side People of the coin. People don't want to boo her. They nope. went against nope. the grain to try and heal her on the things, and the people aren't booing. They're not booing this this facetious. And oh it's turning God. into a meat grinder for Bianca, despite yes. them trying the best to she's put her over in terrible in these yes. interactions. She's yes, petty. She's she's not she's not looking strong against her. She's looking like she's whining against her, and it's bad. It's bad all the way around. And I like both those performers, and it's a shame. But before we get into our extreme rules preview, say hello to our second sponsor, Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on Hello Fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. So, Hello Fresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. Now, I can't make four-person meals at home, but I can make the two-person ones there. And Hello Fresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week. From vegetarian meals and calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And look, for someone like me who doesn't eat a variety of foods, just out of habit, I just grab a lot of one thing and I put it in the refrigerator. I kind of love HelloFresh for that because I don't have to go to the store. I don't have to pick out things. They just, they just send me the stuff. And I can cook it on my own and I'm not the most adventurous eater in the world. So I can also select, you know, different things. And if I don't like them, I can pick something else. Or if I'm trying to say lose some weight, I can also 
pick from there. There's, there's plenty of options as opposed to other meal delivery services, which kind of only have a few recipes to choose from. And this fall, the fall harvest is officially on with HelloFresh. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls. I don't even like pumpkin. I think that sounds good. And Friendsgiving ready sides, as well as fresh, high quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. So here we go. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and use code VOW14. It's easier for you to remember. VOW14. If you're German saying, wow, VOW14 as well. For up to free 14 free meals, including free shipping. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Val, Val, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we once again, uh, hello, fresh, fresh to your door. And, uh, and for for you mutineers who who are maybe hearing these ad reads, I, I will be back. I will be doing ad reads again. Hawkins, Hawkins has been trying to silence me lately. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot, of, a lot of squelching, a lot of muting, a lot, of, a lot of trying to cancel. Well, Chris. I, I had, I had the personal story because you know I'm, 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 uh, I'm not. Again, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a person. Likes- I have stories. Let's move on before they fire us. Uh, Extreme Rules preview. Interesting thing about Extreme Rules. It's a one time a year where WWE goes extreme, extreme, except for tables, ladders, and chairs, and Hell in a Cell, and street fights on Raw. And this year, they've decided to make it extra special by making only one match extreme. That would be the main event. But we start with the gripping emotional story of Liv Morgan and Carmella in a singles match. <laughs> Chris, do they finally give Liv Morgan some some aspect of a win here? Yeah, I, I think Liv Morgan has to win that match. Uh, I, I they, they like her, clearly, and they see something in her. And while you and I thought that Carmella sort of reinventing her look and everything was sort of like a new coat of paint and maybe she was destined for greater things. No, this, this is just where Carmella is slotted in. And uh, I think it's entirely possible that Bianca Belair does not win the title back here on Sunday. And so Liv Morgan might find herself in the title program with Becky Lynch in the not-so-distant future and going into the, the Becky Britt Baker meat grinder. You know, I think Liv Morgan does win this. It would not shock me that much if Zelina Vega comes in and interferes <laughs> and this mat and this feud continues with some sort of screw job for Carmella, even though Carmella, I like her. She's game. I, I just, it, there's something weird because I usually hate these types of performers, but I, I like her because she never... <laughs> She never drops the character. She never drops a facade. So there's something endearing about that to me. Uh, No, she's clearly a passionate performer. She's committed. It's kind of like what she kind of comps to to me is like Alicia Fox back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Alicia Fox, not the greatest wrestler, but damn if she wasn't committed to, to what she was doing. And, and I, she and, should have been committed a few times for those characters that she was playing. I mean, I, 
<laughs> uh, I love uh, the soda one where she came out like poured soda all like that. Like, dude, she's hardcore. I, I, I like that. Like best in the ring. Hell no. I uh, did have a really nice Northern Lights suplex. But uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of feel that way about Carmella, too. Not not a in ring performer. I, you know, am razzle dazzled by. But man, I think she's just a fun character. And like, especially like in a promotion, you need characters like they, they can't all be world champions. Yeah, it's going to be the cool down match somewhere. Unfortunately, we just don't know where unless it's on the pre-show, which, oh, God, you know what might be on the pre-show is <laughs> Mysterio Family Theater. Oh, Dominic, I can see that happening. Well, who's Dominic going up against? He's not on the show, but could be another Sami Zayn match. I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Rest he- of your matches have been announced are title matches. So let's get what I think is probably going to open the show and might sneakily steal the show. Damian Priest, your champion, taking on Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Triple threat match. Look, Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, known commodities. We know what they're going to do. Jeff's going to do a couple of dives, probably end up almost killing himself. Sheamus is going to do his brawling style which is usually amped up a little bit for the pay-per-view probably gonna bleed hard way because someone's gonna end up hitting him in the face which has been kind of the the mo and priest priest is good i like him uh i god i hope they don't give the belt back to sheamus i'm gonna go with damian priest here yeah i think priest gets a, a really good win off of this and i'm with you i think this is probably slated to be a bit of the work rate match and i i like you know, at first blush, you go Jeff Hardy and Sheamus for the United States Championship. Damn, didn't we see that like 10,000 times here last year? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, you absolutely did. That being said, in this triple threat match with Priest, I think both of them are not going to be trying to like outshine Priest. I don't think both of them, either one of them, are really destined to win the match here. So I think that the mission is very obvious. It's Priest is going to get a strong win. Hardy might do something crazy because he does. He's been doing crazy stuff and he's been doing crazy stuff. He's in his Terry Funk phase almost. Yeah. No, I, you know, I think at, at a certain point, we have to kind of start reassessing Hardy and start putting him in, in a category of level performance he's turning in for his age, which is actually starting to get pretty damn impressive. Um, like, like his, you have to imagine the bumps are stacking up like, like a funk or whatever. And like Hardy just keeps on ticking. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really excited for this match. Like, like, you know, not like can't wait, waiting all weekend for it. But like when this one's on, I'm going to be in front of my couch and I'm going to like, you know, really be paying attention to it. Cause I, I think it'll actually be sneaky. Good. It's a triple threat match. And remember in WWE's r- ridiculous universe, triple threat matches are no DQs. I expect tables. I'd look you, you saying that Hardy and Seamus have been battling for years. I kind of want the callback of Hardy hitting Seamus with a car. I kind of want that. Uh, it's not going to happen. I want it revealed that it was priest who did it all along. <laughs> he had a red wig on. <laughs> oh, that, that'd be fantastic. Continuity. Steal that one. WWE writers who listen to this show. Uh, what might also steal the show and might also be your barn burner beginner for your tag team titles over on the SmackDown brand, the Usos, Jay, Jimmy, <laughs> Cubby, no, J- Jimmy and Jay Uso 
against the street profits of one Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. I am of the opinion that they are going to give the profits the title win here to do a make good for Montez taking the fall in the main event of Raw of uh, SmackDown. Sorry. And that uh, this is a make good in front of the crowd. They get to celebrate. They get to do the cup thing, whatever. I think that's not a bad way to put it. And then that would give the Usos something to feud with the New Day over. Like the Usos decide that they want the New Day's tag team titles. And a little tension with Roman, probably. Because I yeah. don't think Roman's losing. But we'll get No, to no. Later. And then Roman can be mad at them and that, that they're disappointing. And yeah. I, I mean, oh God, those things. And then Paul we'll go back to that. To, yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to go to that. We're going to go back to Roman. Uh, I, the bloodline angle is it, they, this is it should be why, more fun than it is. And it's this is not. why you write ahead a little bit. Yes. You have to know where things are going. And I'm not, again, I don't want to throw this at the writers who listen to this show. Cause like, look, I, I get the power structure y'all are operating within as well. Um, but I, I, I'm sure they they bang their head against the table because you, you can't. Now you've got Big E and you got Brock Lesnar. Yeah, How, like that that it's just not a narratively satisfying direction to go in either way. As we spoke about before, for a singles match in the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch, the man. <laughs> I did like the second promo. I gotta admit, the one right in the camera tonight i thought was okay versus bianca belair bianca ain't winning becky lynch is probably moving on to tony storm that's my guess okay yeah maybe tony storm maybe Liv morgan i don't think yeah i don't think bianca's winning which really makes this entire booking and presentation of bianca belair just absolutely and if bianca loses she has to get drafted to raw she has to get drafted to Raw. There's nothing for her on SmackDown unless she's going to fight Naomi. And God help us if that becomes a feud. Because it's they're the blow. I think the blowback from that would be amazing. Look, I think people are going to would, would I think I think they think people would cheer that. I think people would turn on that. Oh, you're going to put the two on the. Oh, man, the, the, the Naomi mutiny that happened yeah. last year. And this is not a star who has been heavily pushed in the last couple of years. Unless uh, you're going to run back Sasha. And I just I, God knows hey, what to do with her. Where, where is Sasha? Where is Sasha Banks? I I mean, I, that's what makes me really feel for Bianca. She is in this meat grinder situation in no small part because of whatever happened with Sasha Banks. Yes. Um, that's what got her off ramped into this ridiculous situation where Becky Lynch beats her in 30 something seconds. And now she's going to lose in the chance to get her title back. So like uh, it, it's y'all, you have to wonder if Bianca has been punished here. Possibly. And the, and the other women's story that's just knocking down doors everywhere for women's athletics. Charlotte Flair, the champion, taking on Alexa Bliss, the voice of the voice. This, this was just Alexa great. Bliss yeah, is just great. Everything I think about Charlotte Flair's promos. Oh, boring. This again. Yes, we get it. Oh, you're so overbearing. It's, it's, it's almost baby faced her to me. Oh, well, that, I mean, it's supposed to. I, I I think that what we got out of Alexa here, especially in the like last uh, third of that promo, was the babyface iteration of this character. Uh, I don't know if this character works for me or not. I just want to say that I think like Lexi Kaufman is actually 
an unbelievably yes. good performer. Yes. She's so yes. Rubber good. face is great. She's so fantastic. She's so, so, so good at this. Yes. And, and, and like this stuff is sometimes, you know, it's crapville. Uh, you know, I, I use she's another word. one who's committed to, dude, to, to, to the dude, act, whatever she's it is. So good. Um, and if WWE ever lets her go, Tony Khan needs to be like calling her up immediately and throwing whatever money she needs because she will go and whatever she does on the other show when given good material will knock everyone out of the park. Um, I, I, don't, I don't this. People I think, appreciate how good she is in I terms think, of performance. I think Lexi Kaufman is a good enough actress to bypass wrestling if WWE ever got rid of her. Like, and, and that, I mean, she's still young enough. She's not that old. I mean, she's been doing this since she was like 19. Well, I, they use people of all sorts of ages in movies, I'm told. Yes, but, you know, star potential type things um, is what I'm saying. I, I like her a lot. I, you know, she just. But here's the question, Chris. Here's the question after we gush over. Is Lily going to play a part in this? Are we getting magic? Are we getting Fiend 2.0? What, what are we doing here? What, what's got, what, it's, this can't be I, I a think, wrestling think, match. No, I think it's pretty clear. Um, you watch what happened with Charlotte and the dolls, and the obvious payoff for this match is Charlotte gets decapitated. <laughs> yeah, the problem with Alexa Bliss isn't that she's not a bad wrestler and she's a great actress. The problem is she's so tiny that nobody believes she can be in there with the athletic type of women. I No, I think the problem here with this character against Charlotte is that it's hard to really view evil psycho has access to the supernatural Alexa bliss as an underdog, even though she is undersized, even though you have her dressed as, as a girl, um, like, like it, it's hard to view her as an underdog because she, we've seen her do things like, impressively trip Eva Marie who who knows how Eva Marie fell down that one time um there was the time she bamboozled Dewdrop for like a week and a half um and like had had Dewdrop underneath the hex we've seen oh and she did it to Shayna Baszler too we've seen Alexa Bliss on Lord. no fewer than three different occasions use the the voodoo juju uh, on, on everybody um uh, and you have to assume that this is the problem is that like how does she go to an underdog baby face baby face in peril when she's got this doll that does like magic stuff and we and we've established that there's a magic doll side pole worse acting Eva Marie tripping or Nia Jax's screams of cringe trying to get baby face sympathy well I, this is another one you're not gonna believe me but I swear it's true there are people who thought because I wasn't reading on this. People thought that Nia did a good job there on Monday. That that the Nia Shana thing was was well performed by Nia. I wouldn't go that far. I would have uh, potted down the mic a bit though, because that screaming just sent you. I mean, how are you going to get sympathy on Nia Jax? I, I just I just don't see I, it. I I don't see it. I also I think the only time they tried that once. And the, the way they did, I mean, they tried it once and they did it with body shaming and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think which that. You're doing that, with Dewdrop now. Which you're doing with Dewdrop. I called yep. that. Yeah. 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 Like they can't help themselves. Um, but Naya as a character has always been an obnoxious character. 
Like, it, it, even when Nia's, like, in love or whatever, it's, like, in this very, like, weird and obnoxious way. She's just never been sympathetic. Yes. So, like, yes. and, and I, I, especially having been in a crowd, like, or yeah, seeing the show back in July when things were, like, less crazy, um, Shayna Baszler's the person that the live audience that I was around wanted to see turn babyface. And it just made a lot, it would have made a lot more sense to have Shayna end as the babyface here. Um, Cause like you know, Shayna as the underdog going up against Charlotte, that actually has some fun intrigue. I, I think Shayna has an unexplored burn. As I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think she's a great heel. Don't get me wrong. She's a great mean bully heel. People want to cheer for an ass kicker. And I think they see Shayna as that ass kicker. Not that, you know, not that Bailey isn't tough and Sasha isn't tough and Becky tries to play tough and Charlotte tries to play tough at times. People really them, believe Shayna is tough. None of them could, you don't think any of them could beat somebody's ass as badly as Shayna Baszler could. And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'd be interested in that. I just don't see Vince buying into it. No, nobody, nobody cares enough about this angle to like really get into it. I just think they're booking against where the audience naturally wants to go. The audience naturally wants to boo Nia and naturally wants to cheer Shayna. But and finally, to kill more goodwill in this company, we're gonna make the demon Finn Balor lose because he's facing Roman Reigns. Uh, I think he has to lose I as I the demon. As the demon, like that's the one thing that maybe makes me think there's like a 20% chance that Bauer wins here is that the and then demon loses, and then maybe loses it in Saudi Arabia. Although that's uh no, that's that. No, that's Brock. They've already plugged Roman and Brock. Yeah. So maybe, you know what I could, you know what I could see? I could see Finn Balor winning this and it becoming a triple threat. Threat. Yeah. And then they, they both just beat the crap out of Finn. Because they don't want either of them to lose in Saudi Arabia. So, Finn, it's your turn to lose in Saudi Arabia. I think it actually adds intrigue to the Bloodline storyline if the Bloodline loses all the titles at Extreme and Rules. It's because of, and it's because of Lesnar. Of Heyman. Or, well, and Heyman, Heyman for Reigns, yeah. I, or, yeah, yeah something, something like that, yeah. Well, no, Heyman could even on. screw something up for the Usos, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I mean, it, it it's not out of the realm of possibility that Roman loses here. And I would never buy that Finn Bowers beating Roman Reigns. However, Finn, the demon and the way that they've done, I, they don't care about the history, which is one argument against it, but the way they have historically presented the demon, the demon wins. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. And, and, but you know, Roman is this, He's the guy that's that's betting or that that's going through all these types of things. I'm I'm looking I'm on mybookie.ag right now. Yeah, I, I'm interested. What 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 are we? What I want to see the odds because if the yeah. odds are good enough, I might bet on Balor here just just as a fun little wager. Yeah, it, it, if there was one to go against the grain on, I I would actually I would go against the grain on. Balor. Oh, who who do you have winning? Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. Charlotte I, Flair minus two hundred. Alexa Bliss one fifty. That's interesting to me. I, I, think, I okay. You think Flair's retaining? No, Man, they they do. They do. Okay, I think, then I'm going Bliss. I'd buy I'd buy Bliss. I'd buy Bliss. And and I would take a what's the what's the flyer on Balor? That's tasty. Cost me? What's that? What's the flyer? Plus five hundred. 
Damn. I uh, see. I, I I would maybe take a flyer That's, on Balor if the money starts moving. Keep yeah. an eye on it and get yeah. in quick. Yeah. That seems like a deal to me. Roman Reigns minus one thousand. That's how confident they are. Wow. Yeah. I see. I, I'm not that confident. I'm not. I'm not that confident. Uh, I, 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 I actually, I like Balor maybe winning here. Other odds that should you choose? Let's become a let's become a gamble on wrestling show. Why not? Uh, sure. uh, Liv Morgan mi- minus four hundred. Carmella plus two fifty. The Usos minus two fifty. Street Profits the underdog at plus one seventy. Triple really thre- triple threat. Damian Priest minus two seventy five. Sheamus plus two thirty. Jeff Hardy plus five hundred. Not hmm. betting on. I'm not betting Hardy. I'm not betting on Hardy either. But that said, and then finally Becky Lynch minus four hundred. Bianca Belair plus two fifty. So they're pretty much agreeing with us. Yeah, part, but yeah. that Finn Balor line. Well, is not, on the, not on the Usos and uh, Street Profits. So that might be the other one where maybe uh, right now. Plus one seventy is not enough for me to bet it though. No, I, yeah, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, they, they don't feel confident on it either. I guess is the other way of reading that. I'll do it for us. I'm Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. He's Chris Novembrion. You can follow him at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can watch us every week. Watch Chris have to turn off his video over and over again on youtube.com slash voices of wrestling next year i'm buying a new computer hawkins you know here's the thing we this won't computer- even be on next year so don't worry about it. uh wow let, let, no i don't know let's thank our sponsors mybookie.ag use code ropes get double your deposit go bet some money on finn balor yeah just for fun expect to lose it whatever also hello fresh go to hellofresh.com slash VOW type VOW 14 intercode VOW VOW 14 up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. I am on the fight game network, patreon.com slash fight game network. I believe is the thing doing the dynamite review every week, two 99 a month. If you want to hear my hot takes on dynamite, I bring the colder ones here to shake them ropes. Sorry, kids. It's a new new territory. I got to work it a bit. Chris also does stuff on the old Patreon, but it is more political related because he just can't he just can't get enough pro wrestling, so he needs it in his real life too. Yeah, no, right. All, all junctures. Uh, a living tribute to my grandmother, who was a junkie for poorly written episodic television uh, and also politics. So don't worry about the government. Can be found on Patreon.com/slash/dwatg. That's where you can go to support the show. Uh, but if you want to just like check out some, don't worry before you know and hop into the, take the plunge, baby. Uh, you can go to iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, and subscribe to the show, or you can hop on YouTube right now. You're already on YouTube if you're watching this video. Uh, go and check out Don't Worry About the Government on YouTube. I'm now doing uh, once or twice, you know, twice to three times a week uh, dispatches. We're a little shorter, like 45 to one hour segments, usually on one to two topics versus like the big kind of sprawling show. And then if you check out the uh, show at the end of each week, I'm basically just editing them all together and doing a few kind of monologues in between to stitch stuff together. Um, so you can check out the full thing on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can watch video feeds uh, and, and please subscribe. Uh, it does help the show's numbers out. See you next week. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.